When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up? Welcome to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, Bears fans? Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Corey Wooten all here with you today on a Monday. Got some uh, important things to talk about. Justin Fields, all of a sudden number one pick is in play. But how about some breaking news across the NFL right now? Nathaniel Hackett didn't even make it through his first season as Broncos head coach after they got smoked yesterday uh, in a game they were favored against the Rams. He is out as the head coach. Your reaction, guys? I I give my first reaction is thank God we didn't hire Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, but I also feel like <laughs> it's a little. I think it's a little bit unfair to the Hackett family uh, that not not like 3% unfair, like clearly showed that he wasn't a head coach, but also uh, the quarterback can't play and that doesn't help a head coach. Certainly one that's trying to figure it out. So I, I don't think you can put it all on. If Russell Wilson had been Russell Wilson, I think Nathaniel Hackett would still have his job. Yeah. I, I think it's a little bit on Wilson too. And they're putting all the blame on Hackett, right? Obviously he was inexperienced at what he was doing, right? It, nothing was working. And Luke Getzey, a lot of people were talking about he's going to be up for a head coaching job. And I think Nathaniel Hackett is a big reason why he won't. <laughs> so they're going to look at that and say, limited experience. Uh, let's take a shot here. And Luke Getzey isn't going anywhere. I, I fully believe he'll be on the Bears for another season. But how about how about Russell Wilson? Like people were talking about that he's one of the, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. I've never felt like that. I've never felt like he's a top five quarterback. But I, I think this, this showcases that, hey – I, I don't think he was as good as because there's some there's some quarterbacks can play any system at all, right? I think Russell Wilson what in Seattle that system really worked for them and with the defense and Legion of Boom. Um, so yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see how Russell Wilson plays next year with the new regime, new new head coach, new offensive coordinator if he's even still there. Carm, you said thank God the Bears didn't hire Nathaniel Hackett. How about thank God the Bears didn't trade for Russell Wilson? Didn't, 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 were we thinking three first round picks? That deal was, that deal, yes, three first round picks. It was all together. Jo, uh, John Schneider was on board. Ryan Pace was on board. And it was Pete Carroll who wasn't ready to do it yet. They ran it back for one more year. And then they end up trading him to Denver. Bears get Justin Fields instead of having Russell Wilson. Just think about how different things would be right now. Think about that underlining, too, because we've been giving Ryan Pace credit on this show for Justin Fields and a bunch of other things that, uh, you know, are playing out this season that, oh, yeah, okay, Pace wasn't as – no, at least he has moments that we can look back upon that weren't that terrible. In fact, could ultimately turn out to being great. If he had hit on that one, yeah. his leg – I mean, his legacy isn't good as it is, but that would have been the, the <laughs> ultimate parting gift, really. 
crazy. That would have been crazy. bad news. <laughs> uh, let's not forget, though, with Hackett, I mean, it to me, it was pretty obvious, even in the first couple of weeks of the season, that that wasn't, that wasn't going to go well. It, Russell Wilson or not, that first game, you saw the warning signs. You saw the decision um, to kick that field goal. That made no sense uh, in Seattle, in the elements, um, like way longer than any made field goal in the history of that stadium. You had the the weird stuff with the cadence where they they let Russell Wilson keep his same cadence from the previous offense that he came from when they're playing the game in Seattle against his former team. Like, what? Right? <laughs> what? But you pay what? you pay that guy all that money and you kick a field goal, right? He's he's your franchise player yeah. that you went out and got. You're paying him all this money. You say, hmm, I don't really trust him here. What? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's doomed from can, the beginning. Can you explain, Woot, real fast, how someone who is around football his entire life, and by the way, this is not just Nathaniel Hackett. In fact, there's a long list of of football coaches who do this every day yet don't understand at times, at least the basics of football. I, I, I don't, I don't understand how that's possible. This is what you do for your living <laughs> yet. When you're put in that position, like you, it gets sideways. Is there any yeah. explanation? So, so I guess just lack of lack of experience and, and when everything is, is moving all at once and you have to make all these decisions, have your input input on offense, it gets lost. That's why every head coach, should have a right man hand, uh, a right hand man in his pocket, right? To, to let him know situational football, let's do this. Because um, sometimes people miss it, even the best of coaches. So I think I think that was a huge error right there. And uh, yeah, it's 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 really interesting to see what, with Russell Wilson what they're going to do next year. You know, if they if they want to keep him, if um, I think they're probably going to have to give him another shot, at least one more year, and then make a decision after that. But did you guys really think Russell Wilson? was an elite quarterback in your guys' mind. I mean, I think there was a time, Corey, when he he definitely was up there. And I don't know if it's top five, top seven, you know, somewhere. But he, you know, he, he was certainly one of the better quarterbacks in the league there for a while, for a good stretch. Um, I think that this, though, the way this is all ending, leaving – Seattle and I think you are seeing Corey make a great point that I think that now we're seeing that there was a he was also sort of a product of what they were running there um, and what the coaching staff had put in but this is so bad now after leaving Seattle that if the guy had any case for the Hall of Fame like uh, like I, I mean, he would have been better off just retiring than going to Denver because th- this is really, I think, spoiling any case that he may have had before. From my end, we, we can check the tape on it. I said at the time, I never bought into him. I, I'm solid, solid player, but that system was incredible. That defense was incredible. He had great weapons around him too. Uh, and I always thought he was just a little bit of a, an odd duck. Um, so I, I just went... Like I, I, I said at the time, like Denver's going to regret this. This is this is not going to go as to this is no savior coming in there. I mean, I just remember Broncos fans thought. I mean, they reacted like we did when we got Cutler. Maybe even maybe even more that they thought that the whole thing was because they hadn't had a quarterback for so long. And I get it. You're looking for the savior, but this was this was not it. He had the Legion of Boom, you know. I mean, the really good years when they when he's performing well. I mean, 
if you have a dominant defense, it makes things a lot easier. That's why I'm saying, obviously, we have to address offensive things for the Bears. But if we can build a dominant defense, I think that can help Justin Fields in the offense a lot, right? Obviously, we have to put weapons around him. But a great defense masks some things here and there. And I think that's what we see with, with Russell Wilson, that system. And just from whisperings around the league, people that play with him, I always got the vibe that they thought he was trying to do too much, right? When cameras are around. You know, we, we've seen it this year more so than ever because social media is, is full in effect. But him, you know, do, doing a cadence by himself, talking to himself, like, this is really weird. And it kind of seems like, yeah, you, you're doing too much and it's all for the cameras. And when, when he really has to put the team on his back, he's not able to do that. I don't think we've ever seen a quarterback that's regarded as high as Russell Wilson um, in the league have this bad of a year. Like, like usually like a guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? He has an off year and like, oh, he throws 30, 30 touchdowns and he has 10 picks. That's an off year for him. Russell Wilson has been awful. Like there's been nothing good about it. Him, the receivers, he's got some talented receivers there. They just haven't been on the same page. So I wonder, you know, is, is it is it going to be a thing that fully affects his confidence going into next year, regardless of the coaching staff or what weapons he has? This is going to be really interesting to see what the Broncos do um, because they really are stuck. Uh, like, even if they just were like, all right, let's take a bath in this contract. We're going to release Russell Wilson. It's $107 million in dead cap space. I mean, you can't do it. It, it would, I mean, the Bears, what are the Bears this year in dead cap? Somewhere up towards 90, right? I think it's, it's in the 90s, yes. Yeah. But- so, I mean, you can do it, but <laughs> terrible I mean, investment. <laughs> I mean, maybe they need to do it. I don't know, but that that's one. Player. No, they they, they, got, they got to give him one one more year. You have to all that money invested. You, you have to give him one more year. I, but then I it's think. like, well, I'm I'm with you. But so it's like, who do you you either have to hire someone that you think is yep. going to be yep the quarterback the guru good, quarterback guru yeah, yeah and I Alex in our comments decent idea without putting too much thought in it. Admittedly, for me, I'm saying, but he said Frank Reich, and I think that'd be a great fit. It, that's, that's, it's not a bad one, um, but they, I mean, they either got to do that or they almost got to do like what the Texans had to do after the whole Deshaun Watson thing, which is just like hire a coach for one year to have the worst season ever, get the number one pick and then rehire another coach next year. I mean, like I, I cause, cause who else is going to want the job? If you're if you're taking a hundred and seven million dollar in uh, dead cap to reset, but and they're keeping the same GM, it sounds like in George Payton, based on the uh, the statement that came out from ownership. I'm I'm a big fan in life of taking your medicine when you have to, and versus doubling down and making the mistake worse. So, I. I on some level, the sooner the Broncos can get out of this, not and and by the way, we're 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 doing this deep dive and, and and caring and putting our heart in this because we love our friends at DNVR. From I think from I from my CHGO spot, I, I would try to get out of the situation as quick as possible and rebuild yourself and just realize, try to you know you do a little cave process, analyze uh, and figure out everything that went wrong and don't do it again. But that would be yeah. my advice to the Denver Broncos. 
I, I think you just get an offensive-minded coach either way. So whether Russ, you give Russell Wilson one more year, you try, you try to have a, a guy that's a quarterback guru, give him one last shot at that because you invested so much money. And if it doesn't work after that year, you let him go. You, you have an offensive-minded coach. You bring in the next quarterback, whether it's free agency or draft. But I think you got to give it one more shot, all that money you invested. All right, well, with the uh, Denver Broncos sitting right behind the Bears in the uh, – tank standings as we like to call them uh let's quickly get an update on what things look like here with our tank standings so now in play with the houston texans winning a game the bears are Right behind them, and if the Texans win a game and the Bears lose their last two, the Bears would actually have the number one overall pick, so that is in play. Uh, that number three pick is from the Denver Broncos, but it goes to Seattle in that Russell Wilson trade that we've been talking about uh, with the Broncos and then the Cardinals last night both losing again. Um, they're both sitting at 4-11, and 11. so um, technically – the Bears are anywhere they could fall back to four if they manage to win one of these last two games, which I don't think can be completely ruled out. But that gets us to our next topic, guys. What should they do with Justin Fields? Because with that number one pick now in play, um, I think if Fields plays you can't rule out the possibility that the bears win one. I don't necessarily think they will, but you know, the lions have done crazier things than lose. The bears were within uh, eight points of the Buffalo bills there in the fourth quarter before giving up two late touchdowns. You know, they were in that game. And I think if fields plays, there is a possibility that you sort of accidentally win one. Plus we don't know what the Vikings could potentially be playing for in two weeks when they come to soldier field. If Nathan Peterman's starting, the Bears lose out. So I think it's at least a conversation you have to have at House Hall. Also, of course, in the context of how is Justin's shoulder? What is he actually getting out of these final two games? So, Corey, I'll ask you first. How would you handle this whole situation? So if his shoulder is okay, right, He's, his, his shoulder is healthy to play, and Chase Claypool is playing against the Lions, I'm I'm going I'm going to play him at least in the first half for sure, just to try to get some continuity with them too, right? And then, depending on how he's feeling, how the game is going, I might sit him down that second half. But I just want to see a little bit with him and Chase Claypool because I think we got him for another year. But only if Justin Fields is healthy and the game plan, you feel comfortable about keeping him clean. So would you underline the one benefit? that I think you can find to playing fields right now is developing his relationship with Chase Claypool, who for the record has a knee injury and even coming off a bye, couldn't get back on the field. So whatever Chase Claypool you could get this week, he's not going to be 100%. He's, you know, is he good enough to get out there and play at 80? Maybe. So that's the one benefit that I can see in playing him. The other, now you have a list that long of reasons not to do it. Number one, we've all seen that the Bears are a long way away from having the talent to be able to compete at the top of the NFL. If you actually, if Lovey Smith wants to give the Bears a parting gift 
and beat the Jaguars or the Colts, which Texans have been in a lot of close games. And you get that number one pick, and you can trade with the Texans or whoever else who wants to get, come up and get a quarterback. That, in theory at least, could really set you up. The other benefits outside it is that you can take a lot more risks with the offensive line. Uh, you know, can we can we get anything out of Alex Leatherwood in the last two games, or is that just a sunk cost? You'd have a, you'd have you feel a lot more free doing it with Nathan Peterman back there than Justin Fields, so that would make a lot of sense. And the reality is too, the Bears. Uh, you know, you you there's just I I think outside of Fields ending the season you know, having a terrible second half against the Bills and and losing that game in his mental state. Like, I, I think we've seen enough that we really don't – he doesn't need to be out there for any major epiphany the last two weeks to know that he can play in this league and to know that he can play at a really high level. I think we've gotten there. So, and add in the fact that he's dinged up. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I can't find any other reason other than Claypool to play the guy. Well, I think there's a – I would also say Bayless Jones – I mean, I think Bayless Jones made uh, a couple of good strides uh, in Sunday's game against the Bills, and you'd like to keep building on that one. I, uh, you're, you're right. I, I did have that one on my deep list of, well, we could look to Bayless. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, and and I just think in general, there's something to be said for getting through the entire season and knowing that you can do that. Of course, he did miss one game earlier in the season, but if, if he can finish it, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that the list of uh, pros outweigh the cons, but I do think if Claypool's playing, um, I think it also might depend on the status of Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins. And if you get those guys back, cause that rewatching the game this morning, the, some of that offensive line play was just, it was tough. It was tough to watch. And, um, and you, you certainly don't want to get fields hurt at the same time. I have to say, though, like I'm not that – I mean, there is a chance the Bears could, of course, pull off a win. But the way that they've been executing this tank, I, I, even if fields plays, I'm not necessarily that worried about the picks. Like I feel like the games are going to take care of themselves. They're so bad right now on the defensive end. Um, they really can't stop the run. The Lions offense, they had a tough game, obviously, against the, the Panthers, but they're pretty good. They're going to put up points. Uh, and, and so I'm not too worried about that, Woot. Yeah, and their their livelihood is on these next two weeks, right? They're trying to make the playoffs. It's, it's a long shot for them, but they actually have a shot to make the playoffs. So I would be surprised if, if they don't beat the Bears pretty good, even if Justin Fields is playing. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's so tough because nowadays we err on the side of caution about, like, you know, injury-wise and all this. And I feel like back in the day, we didn't used to think about this, things like this, right? Mm -hmm. It used to just be like, hey, you play if you're able to play. But I understand now we're, we're trying to, like, protect our investments and, and things of that nature. But if Justin uh, Fields' shoulder is good, especially for this last game against Detroit, I want to see him play. Last game of the season, I, I've said this weeks ago, shut him down for the last, last game of the season. It's outside in the elements. There's really no benefit. The Vikings are probably going to be sitting most of their guys potentially. So I, I don't think there's any benefit for that game, but I think indoors, right. Controlled setting. I think it would be a good, good, uh, you know, for him to, to get on the same page with Claypool, Bayless Jones. If, if the offensive line can hold up, that's a big thing, right? Who's going to be back this week. There, there's a lot of variables here with Minnesota, but right now there you're the, you're, you're the two seed and you got green Bay this week. So depending on seating, and the way the Vikings are looking at it, they very well may need the last week to set themselves up the way they want to. So to your point, uh, the Bears 
could play fields and you might even get some guys back healthy and Chase Claypool's running around and playing well and they're still going to lose. I mean, I I don't know how many yards, Adam Hogue, you think you could have gained against the Bears defense if you were one of the Bills running backs, but Buffalo has not hadn't, hadn't had a 100-yard rusher all season long and they nearly had two. I mean, it, and they ran for eight yards a carry. I, I seriously think Hogue could have gotten four yards a carry. Well, look, when, um, when you're defensive linemen are getting pushed to the side, open up a gaps and then your linebackers aren't there. And then your safety takes a bad angle or misses the tackle. It's pretty much going to go bad uh, on all three levels. And that's what happened on some of these long runs against the bills. It was really all three levels. It, it just was, was so bad. Um, yeah. Quickly on the Vikings thing though. So their game up on, on San Francisco for the two seed they're technically not out of the one seed situation because Philly lost. Um, I would think that that's something you would care enough about to play for. Even if you can't get the one, just holding on to the two, because that's the difference between being able to host the 49ers in your building, which is an incredibly loud home field advantage that the, that the Vikings yeah. have. Um, it, as opposed to having to go out to San Francisco on a long trip west. So I, I would definitely say if I'm the Vikings, I'm still playing for that in uh, week 18. And, and kind of looking at it, based on this weekend's results, it's so close that that's I feel like that's going to be on the line somehow. Seating's going to be on the line. Well, unless they have a tiebreaker, yeah. which I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but San Francisco's conference record is better. So, yeah, I think actually the 49ers would have that tiebreaker. But I think there's going to be something for the Vikings to play for. What, what, what do you guys think about the Vikings in, in their in their playoff run? Do you think do you think they have enough juice to, to get there? Well, I'll tell you what they have. They have magic. Uh, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at some point you got to give them credit for winning all these close games. It, and and they keep pulling, pulling them out somehow. So, I mean, head to head, if they're playing the 49ers, I'm thinking the 49ers are a five, six point favorite, maybe. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, and, and yet yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings somehow pull it off just because of the way they've been playing, but I would probably pick the 49ers in that game. Go ahead, Carm. No, I was just going to say, because to me, the NFC is wide open, absolutely wide open. It, it could fall Minnesota's way. I wouldn't like. If you told me I could take, uh, you know, any one team versus the field in the NFC, I'm taking the field because you, you 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 can have whoever you want. You want the Eagles? Go ahead. You you love them? You you, you think Dallas is a sexy play? Great. I'll you know even even I would borderline allow you to take the top two and and take the rest because I, I just think that this could play out in, in a zillion different ways. Um, yeah. So that, that's my answer on Minnesota. Yeah, I, I just I just don't uh, Kirk Cousins traditionally plays very good during the regular season when everything's all good. And then when he comes to the playoffs, that's what people that's what the main knock is, because a lot of people aren't even putting him in the conversation for MVP, even though his numbers are up there because of that in the, in the back of their head. He's not clutch. So I think this could be a good opportunity for him, you know, to, to, to kind of break from that barrier that people say, hey, you're not clutch. You don't win playoff games. Um, but I just I just think like if, if they're going toe to toe with San Francisco, that dominant and depth at defensive line, I think makes the difference, right? I think Minnesota has two talented pass rushers, but they don't have the same depth that, you know, 
the 49ers, the Eagles have, uh, you know, Dallas to, to give, give you pass rushers and waves. That's why I think they won't go all the way. And, and I'll tell you what, their propensity to win these close games also, I think, makes them vulnerable for a first-round loss. 100%. I mean, you just saw what the, the Giants were right there in Minnesota in that building the other day, and they were right there at the end. And, you know, that 61-yard field goal doesn't go in. Who knows what happens in overtime? Washington's frisky. Washington has that good front. I, I, if that's the first round game, I mean, the Vikings will be favored, but it, they'll probably be a trendy pick to, to lose as well. And you can't rule it out. So, I, I mean, it, that's the tricky thing about the Vikings, I think, going into the playoffs. What about a plucky out of nowhere, somehow, some way, Green Bay game? Green Bay team gets in. <laughs> well, let's talk about that in a moment because, yes, he's up. Uh, Packers just getting every break possible this weekend to still be in. It's 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 pretty incredible. Um, but first, let's tell you about our uh, friends at Chi Town Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Our signature box style design can be digitally digitally printed, covered in vinyl and painted. The cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders that are recessed on the back. LEDs that light up the hole and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. They are a veteran owned and operated company. They can ship anywhere and offer local pickups. Shy town cornhole specializes in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, gifts for all occasions, and especially those tailgates and backyard barbecues. Go check out their website. Shytowncornhole.com is where you want to go. Shytowncornhole.com. Make sure you follow them on Instagram as well at Shytown Custom Cornhole Boards. And they've never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it, Woot. You don't have to break the bank for these, baby. They will two for 54 bucks. And the best part, about Shady Rays, it's not this like cool little caring, keeps it nice and safe little case. And you can bust out another quality pair. These are my favorites actually right here. I mean, look at that. You, would you not want to wear these? I mean, come on. Uh, this is the most insane. If I threw these on the ground right now, the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Lost, broken, where you 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 you, you throw them at a friend and break them. You want they to demonstrate? Uh, not really, because I love these Shady Rays. I, I can't do that, but... I I I, I am slightly <laughs> tempted, but if you did, you'd get this pair right back. Drop them off a cliff, lake, anything. The, the Shady Rays takes care of you, and Lord knows, in the history of sunglasses, we all lose them. So listen, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays, deepest deal of the season. Use the code CHGO fifty percent off. That's a five zero for two or more pairs. Two or more pairs. Thank you very much. ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. Two pairs for as low as 54 bucks. Redeem only at shadyrays.com. And sure, I'll just throw those back there anyway. Oh, we got we got Top Gun and we got Terminator. I'll be back. Right. To the right. Top uh. yes, Let's go. Awesome. This, I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready to fly that plane right now, Woot. Yeah. All right. Well, and then you got well, Terminator, a, man. This is a good transition to the Packers. Okay. So my office here at home, as we are remote remote today. Um, also doubles as a guest bedroom in our house. Okay. And, uh, my family from Wisconsin, my brother-in-law is a Packer fan. They are here 
They're staying in this room. And right before we got started today, guys, I peeked. I could see in the upper corner of my background. I got all this stuff behind me, right? And I noticed something that was off. And I have no idea. It was a great prank attempt because I don't even know how I saw it, but I did. But uh, this was sitting <laughs> right up there uh, and could have been in the background. So good attempt by my brother-in-law, but you failed. Um, unlike the Packers did yesterday, the Packers did not fail. They they uh, got another win, an impressive win in Miami. Why, why does it seem like year in and year out when you count out the Packers, you're like, oh, nothing's – Nothing's clicking on all cylinders. You know, they're not going to make it. Aaron Rodgers always makes a push, regardless of who he has. Um, yeah, I didn't just, even think he played that well crazy. yesterday. He didn't, he didn't, but they find a way to win. Like, it seems Three like picks. every time towards the end of the season, they find a way to get, get dubs when it, when, they, I, when the game's online. Uh, I just want to give I, – I don't really want to give, but I am going to give Aaron Rodgers uh, a drop of credit here because when this thing went sideways this year, he could have checked out. He, he, and in some ways, he's been a pain in the ass as, in a leadership role, as he always has been. But he also, at the end of the day, the Packers somehow get there. And he, he even when it was looking as terrible, he kept his eyes on the prize that, like, we're still in this thing despite our record. And now they're, they're still playing meaningful games and the huge one this week with Minnesota. So he deserves some level of credit. I just don't get it. I mean, like, he was, he was seriously not good in that game yesterday. He was late on throws multiple times, interceptions, um, and yet, I mean, I guess you credit their defense. I don't think the Dolphins scored in the second half, and that that certainly is what got it done. But the Packers are hanging around. They still have a chance to get in. They needed, um, like, four different things to happen on top of winning their game this weekend to stay alive, and all of those things happened. So... Somebody's looking out for Green Bay. And I think all they need to get in now is to win their last two games and have Washington lose one. Yep. And that gets Green Bay into the playoffs. And by the way, could potentially set up a first round matchup against the Vikings. <laughs> and they could shock them too. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, 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 yeah. Go ahead, Carl. No, I was just gonna say. I'm sorry. Just the, oh. the, the 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 Commanders have the Cowboys at home. That game's gonna matter. Dallas is better than than Washington in in every in, in every scenario. So never never count out Taylor Heineke, baby. He's he's like <laughs> Josh McCown, baby. They believe in him. They do. He, he wears a different pair of Jordans or Air Forces that are customized every week. He's got the swagger, man. He's got that swag. So never count him out. And by the way, how about yeah? Tua was terrible. What what, what was going yeah. on there? Like just. T three straight drives with an interception. Yeah, it's 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 been up and down for him because at times he looks really great. You see some of the balls he threw in that game, you're like, okay, great. And then all of a sudden, back-to-back -back drives where he just makes poor decisions. So it'll be interesting interesting to see what they do with him next year if they if they don't make the playoffs this year or they find a way to to, to not make it. So it seems like they they probably will, but I wonder if they're going to look other other direction for quarterback because that's been the big knock on them. You know, like uh, I'm not really buying Tua. You know, he's got good receivers, but yeah. I mean, think about how good that dude looked against the Bears. The guy was like, I mean, who, who doesn't I, look good against the Bears? Though? I right, I, I I got it, I got it. But he looked, but it was like, oh my god, it's coming out on time. I never, I just, I can't. I'm trying to think of a quarterback who has ridden the he can or he can't ride that two has been out like rookie year 
uh, you know, going into it, super excited. Watching him play, oh my God, he sucks. Uh, this year coming out, Tua could be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Get to the end of the season, yeah, they probably got to move on from Tua. I mean, that is a significant roller coaster that's been going on in Miami. Yeah, I don't necessarily imagine I, if yeah, imagine if Justin Fields had those type of weapons, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it would be scary. I said that during the game as I was watching that because I was just like, this is it, it's, and that was before the interceptions. But I was just sitting there thinking like, Tua Tua throws with anticipation, which is great. I mean, it's is something he does better than Fields. But I'm still sitting there going. Imagine if this Dolphins team had Justin Fields right now instead of Tua. Like, you wouldn't be able to stop them. There's, there's no way you could cover all the speed that was on the field at any given time. It just it just, just wouldn't be possible. And and that would be just not fair at all if Justin Fields had two fast wide receivers like that. Same with the Eagles, right? You look at Gardner, Gardner Minshew. What does he have? He has Smith and Brown. They go up and make plays, right? 50-50 mm-hmm. balls. They're coming down with the majority of the time. We don't have that. Right. Gardner Minshew comes in and, and he, he has guys that make plays for him. So that's why, man, if, if polls can surround Justin Fields with a true number one. Right. If Claypool comes along next year and we have Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet really takes off in the red zone. It could be really scary if we have a dog at, at number one receiver with Justin Fields. Uh, yeah. Then how are they getting that guy? Right. Uh, trade. You got to trade. Which I mean. That's the thing. Like you got to give up so many assets to get them, which they don't have, and which is, which continues to go. The timeline for this is not going to be overnight. And also makes me, you know, when you look back at at everything that's happened, I love Jaquan Brisker. I think he's going to be a stable for the Bears for years to come. But when you look at the Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers whole calculus that went on, it's painful. It, I mean, it just straight is. So that is not going to go down as a gold star for Ryan Poles in year one. Yeah, I, I can't believe that because George Pickens had first round talent. He was like a top 10 talent, you know, before that injury. You knew he was going to be 100 percent, you know, when, when it's when it was all said and done. So at the second round, such a value there. He's probably going to be a superstar if they can get figured figured out with, uh, with Kenny Pickens and, and company. But, yeah, I, I would have liked that. That would that would have been a great situation, uh, you know, for this year and then going in the future. Well, let's talk about what the Bears do have right now and what they can still get out of these last two games beyond just fields. Let's start with Valus Jones, though. Just I got done rewatching the game this morning. Um, you know, it was – if you take out what he did in the return game, which I'm not trying to take it out. I'm just talking about from an offensive wide receiver perspective. The return game stuff is good and it's encouraging. Although he did muff that last kick, which I didn't like to see. Um, and it cost him some yards on that last kickoff. And that does count. But what, uh, just in the wide receiver game, he had that nice catch downfield, which he actually made a nice adjustment to and kind of made a sliding catch on it. So, you know, good job by him. And he had two guys trailing him, which shows you the speed that he has. And a nice job by Fields, I think, to put that out in front of him where he could go get the ball and the wide and the uh, the DBs trailing couldn't make a play on it. So I thought that was a good play by both of them. And then uh, otherwise, just another short catch in there. But, um, you know, is that enough to make you feel better? I think, like, if guys, if this was week one or two and this was, like, the early flash you're seeing from Valence Jones, I'm like, okay, this is – that's okay. That's a good start. We can build on this. So – 
I guess that's one thing where I am curious, can they get more out of him in these last couple of games? Are you buying what Velas did in that game the other day against the Bills? I think it was great progress, right? Because we've been really tough on him. His hands not being able to catch the ball. He had two catches in that game. The, the one was great, the, the deep ball uh, from Justin Fields. So it was great to see that. I think, you know, it's it's like slowly getting on the good graces of the coaches, right? I think they they were like, okay, this is the guy that we went after, right? A guy that has speed, that can beat two people. Um, his hands have always been questionable, even in college. So I think that's something he's going to have to work on in the offseason. But I think it, it buys him some more time here, I believe, right? If he can if he can have another strong performance this week against Detroit and then the uh, last game of the season to have another strong performance, good returning, I think it buys him another year. And uh, just imagine, like, you know, Devontae Adams, I'm not saying he's going to be Devontae Adams, but early on in his career, he could not catch the ball at all. Aaron Rodgers was frustrated with him. The whole organization was. They were, you know, he wasn't in their good graces. So, Maybe this could be a situation where Bayless Jones finishes strong, works works on his hands in the offseason because we know he has all the physical tools. Then maybe he could be an option next year in the offense and returning. I'll give you four things that you can like about Bayless right now. Starting number one with the athletic talent, which is undoubtedly there. That this is uh, this is an NFL level elite speed guy, so he does have that, which is not falling off of every tree. So there, so there's that. There's also which stood out to me last week, and, and Adam, I don't know if you've 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 seen, noticed this too. I'm, you probably have. In the locker room, things have gone, you know, not great for Bayless this year. He is having fun in there. It it doesn't seem to bother him. He's you know he's he's uh, the last week that I was up there, he was talking to literally everyone. And if I'm that guy and I'm having that year, I would be demoralized. And he's not. There, there is a belief in that he has that I think actually matters because you got to be able, you, you got to have that muscle if you're going to keep going when things aren't going your way and he's got it. And the other thing, like I, I also think it slightly matters in the locker room part. He, his locker is right next to Justin Fields. Those two are friends. There is a chemistry there. They're talking all the time. So I think like, you know, and and you, when we saw some of that chemistry on the field with that one particular throw, and they, so I, I think that is a plus for Valus too. So that's that's three, and I'm, I'm forgetting the fourth one. I should have wrote it down. But there's, I think there uh, there is there are some things that you can look at Bayless and think, well, maybe maybe uh, you know this can get a, a lot better as we go forward here. Yeah, the men the mental a aspect of it is the most impressive, right? Because you said like you look at Russell Wilson, a guy that has track record, years of experience, playing well. And look, look what a little adversity has done to them this year. So, so Bayless Jones to bounce back, and it was one game, but he's been really solid in his returns. And and if and if he could bounce back from this, I, I think he could do anything. And I think that's half the battle of being an NFL player and and being around for a while is mentally up up here. So I think that's a good sign, right? You talked about it, all the tools. It's about him catching the ball, getting a rapport with Justin Fields. But who knows? Like I think this definitely. Bought him some time, and especially if he capitalizes these last couple weeks. Yeah, look, there's some resiliency there that I think is impressive. Um, I mean, just last week, I, I didn't really blame the fans for being like, all right, that's got to be it. I mean, we were having a conversation, doesn't even make yeah. the team next year, um, which I still think is something that, you know, is not necessarily a given, but um, it is nice to finally see a game where he takes some steps forward, and, and I definitely would put that in a list of reasons why, Justin 
I, I look, here's what I mean. I would play Justin again, assuming the, the shoulder's fine for at least one more week for, I, I think there's enough to get out. And again, I go, I go back to the matchup. I go back to the success fields had against Lion, the lions earlier in the season. Some of the opportunities there, um, for him to have success in this game. And also the fact that it's indoors on a fast track again, you know, if this game, if these two games were reversed, I don't know if I'd feel the same way about playing the Vikings at soldier field this week. And I don't know that I'll be there next week, but for this week right now, assuming that that shoulders, okay. I, I think that you play them at least one more time. Let, let me just respond to jailbreak. And I, I want to get Woods reaction to what you just said, but I, I I'm not saying what he does in the locker room matters if he doesn't do anything on the field. But when you see when you see what he's acting like in the locker room last week, and then he comes out and makes his best play of the year, and basically the only play in the second half where the Bears did anything, then you can add the two together and say, okay, may, maybe there is something there. That's that's kind of how I get there. But I, my, so I just wanted to close that up. Go ahead, Woot. Yeah, I, I think it'd be great if if he can be an option uh, next year as as, as, a, as a deep threat, right? Everybody wants a, a, a speedy receiver that can beat you deep, right? Who knows? He maybe could be that guy. But I, I agree with Hogue about Justin Fields. You, you play him if his shoulder's good, indoors, in a good situation, right? And last week, I think you you sit him, especially if the Vikings, um, you know, have something to play for. The Darius Smith... Uh, you know, Daniel Hunter breathing down their neck. They're going to be ready to go, especially with this O-line that we don't feel great about. Um, yeah, I think you play them at least one more week um, because I think it's a better matchup for the Bears rather than against the Vikings. Well, and I think another thing that's sort of interesting about this is um, Dante Pettis has done a pretty good job in the punt return game as well. Yeah. But to me, you can't really afford assuming you're going to add a couple dynamic wide receivers to this team somehow and have Claypool in there too, in a, in a role where he's a starter, you can't carry two wide receivers who really all, well, all they do is return. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you can afford one. Like to me, you can always have one spot for a dyna If he's really that good of a returner. I mean, that's, I, that's kind of where it ended up with Hester. They tried to get him in there at wide receiver. They tried to, you know, and it just it just got to the point where like, okay, you're the returner. We can carry a roster spot for you because you're so damn good. Same thing with Cordero Patterson for the most part, right? That That's sort of what that was. But you can't, to me, you can't have two of those guys. That's, you can't have two roster spots allocated to guys who only return. One is the punt returner. One is the kick returner. If I had to pick right now, I still think that actually makes Dante Pettis more vulnerable than Valus Jones. That's an excellent point. And I like Dante and I, and he's been, I would, I would say borderline great stepping in as a pun return, Extre extremely reliable. However, Dante with his skill set, he can't have the drops that he's had and he's had too many of them. So uh, that's another good guy in that locker room, but you're, I think you're exactly right. He's 100% in a vulnerable position, depending on the off season. The other, the other thing with Bayless too, look, if the bears had a ton of talent, there, guys like that, he'd be vulnerable. But the fact of the matter is that they don't. So, and they're still in their growth period to, to, to move on from him at this point or give him away for nothing. Just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Why, why not in the last two weeks, just give Bayless Jones a punt return as well. 
you have nothing to lose. We're not trying to win these right. games. It's almost better if we lose, you know? Yeah. Give, give him the opportunity for all the return roles, for wide receiver, what he can do. And, and if you feel better about his hands these last two weeks, then we know we have a, a kick returner and a punt returner. So then that makes Pettis expendable, right? And then all of a sudden, he works on his hands. Then he can be a gadget guy, go deep um, for, for next year, potentially. Core, let me ask you. I, that's an interesting idea, and I don't disagree but I also feel like if you're Pettis, how would you receive that as a player? Because he's done nothing but help the punt return problems that existed earlier in the season when you had Velas back there. Yep. He's done such a good job. He had another couple nice returns on Sunday against the Bills. And yep. if they were just to come in the special teams meeting this week and be like, hey, Velas, we're going to have you do punt returns too, like, I'd be pissed if I was Pettis. Yeah, but they, what but a, they do that all the time, like for any position. Like literally, they do that, especially when when you're not making the playoffs. It's strictly evaluation. So, you know, I understand people would feel a certain type of way, but that's that's how coaching staffs do it because they're not worried about your feelings. They're worried about evaluating for the next two weeks. And I think it's a fair point if they said, "Hey, Vegas, it's your show these last two weeks. We got to see what you can do," and just just put it out there in the special teams meeting and. Hey, I, people are men in this league and they understand that you, you got to evaluate. And so you, and you, and whatever, it doesn't matter, I guess at this point, but you're not worried about how that resonates in the locker room too. Uh, I, I don't think so at this point, because literally, literally, you know, we could be potentially uh, playing Leatherwood at different positions. We're, we're, we're just trying to evaluate guys, you yeah. know? So in a season that it doesn't matter if, if these last two weeks meant something to make the playoffs, Oh, hands down, you play Pettis because you feel more comfortable with them. But at this point, it's almost better if we lose. Like, we have nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, Carm, I think we're past that point with the locker room. Seems like yeah. everyone in that locker room understands exactly what this is and what's going on. Right. No, I, 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 I get it. for their livelihoods these last two weeks. You know, yeah. some guys like Travis Gibson, you know, if, if he if he balls out in these next two weeks or, you know, it could be an option to bring him back if they feel good about him, you know, if he has dominant games or something like that. Yeah, I get it. And I think the conversation with Pettis is, Don, if they did that, Dante, you've been fantastic. You have nothing more to prove there. Uh, we do want to take a look at Bayless because, um, you know, we are obviously making an evaluation there. But this is not a negative on you in any way, shape, or form. And I think you're, you've put on tape to the rest of the NFL as well, if you're not here, that this is something that you can absolutely handle. So thank you for what you've done. I mean, that's the conversation, yeah. right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I would definitely tell them that. Yeah. All right. I, well, I want to talk about the O-line before we get out of here, too. Um, so we got that coming up next. Uh, want, also, want to make sure you know, though, that DraftKings is the place to go for all of your football betting. They are an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It is our go-to in betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win. Big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code CHGO. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Bears fans, you know you've got the best coverage of your favorite teams right here at CHGO, but it is time to get fitted out in the best sports gear around. You know what I'm talking about. 
Foco. They got you covered from Soldier Field all the way to your living room. The hoodies, the slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. We've been, we warmed up our friend Austin with the Big Bears. It's a hoodie that was sweet. Check out all the apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles. That is Foco. Perfect gift. It's not too late to get somebody a Christmas or Hanukkah gift. I, I'm a big fan of gifting after the date because, you know, it's always sweet to get a gift at this point. They've got it all for you. Uh, go to foco.com, foco.com, and click on the link in the description below. Do that as well for all non pre sale items. You can use the promo code CHGO, get yourself 10% off. Great stuff over at Foco. All right, uh, Lawrence is back with us today, and uh, he asked oh, for. Hi. First of all, Lawrence, how was your how was your Christmas? L train, L train. Uh, you know, we did pretty good here in uh, Lawrence Land. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this: it was kind of so. I went a little nuts on the uh, Black Friday sale at the CSGO locker, and so mm. it was a little weird to be with my family last night. And like, I pretty much gave everyone CSGO gear. I felt a there little. I was like, yay, you got to support the company. But it was it was kind of funny. It was like four different people getting CSGO things. It was funny. Um, yeah, so we put a poll on YouTube asking if the Bears should shut down Justin Fields for the rest of the season. Uh, right now we've got 118 votes. And yes, 80%. just barely leading, 54% to 46. Wow. Okay. So pretty, um, pretty so, close. Everyone, go go hit the like button and then go make go vote for it. We could uh, check up on this one last time before the end of the show. Well, I, I get why that's a uh, like a polarizing poll because it's. I think a lot of people feel that way, like just shut them down. I think Braggs has been very clear on that. But then if you do that, it's also like, what the hell is there to watch these last two games? Too yeah. bad. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. 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 You know, and so from the selfish standpoint too, I'm like, no, don't do that. Because I'd still like to be entertained a little bit in these final two games. And the fields yeah. guide, you know, we gotta we gotta sponsor yeah. sponsors. We need at least one more week. We need one more week. And then <laughs> yeah. and then the last week it's the Peterman guide. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, Peterman guide. Let's go. You know, especially because I got a fantasy championship and Justin Fields needs to play. Let's be honest. Come on now. Carm's <laughs> Carm's standing firm. He's like, shut him down. Shut him yeah, down. Yeah. You know, listen, listen, I, I the feeling of watching Bears games that mean absolutely nothing with no interest in anything on the field is very familiar to all of us, and none of us want to go back there, which is part of the reason why this season has been so enjoyable. But it's two games, and then hopefully this thing is on for a good, long, solid run starting with game one next year. That's I mean, if it doesn't go that way, it's going to be an enormous disappointment. Well, and I mean, there is always the chance they win, and there definitely is a difference between potentially getting the first pick and getting the fourth pick. It's not quite the same situation that the Jets and Jags were in a couple of years ago. But remember, the Jets were winless. They had not won all season. And they go to L.A. and they somehow beat the Rams, who were good. The next week, they somehow beat the Browns, who were good that year. They win two meaningless games. The Jags get the first pick. They draft Trevor Lawrence. The Jets end up with Zach Wilson. So you think anybody in that Jets organization is like, oh, thank God we got those two meaningless wins because now we're screwed. (laughs) That is just underlining that I haven't it is just so unbelievably nauseatingly painful. <laughs> like, please don't let that happen. I mean, we're not in the same well, position because right. we have the quarterback. Yeah, You don't need the quarterback, but you know, there, it, it just, 
you end up having your pick between Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, or trading back, and, and just more options, the better, right? If you can yeah. end up with number one. Yeah, if you play Justin Fields in the first half and he's balling out and he's putting up like 21, 28 points, the second half you just sit him. You just say, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you know, say, throw, throw up a couple interceptions, you know. Add the stats a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the tank stats, yeah. Got yeah. to get those. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, what did you see watching the offensive line, um, specifically Larry Borum at guard? Uh, and, and I know you and I kind of see the same thing with Alex Leatherwood. Like, I don't really know what's going on there. I don't know why it's been so hard to get him on the field. Um, it just doesn't seem like things are going well there, but I think you got to see Alex Leatherwood play guard before the season's over. 1,000%. And I, I think he's a better option than Schofield at this point. Schofield has been getting dominated all year. I understand he's a veteran guy. He understands what he's doing, but Leatherwood, I mean, He's a road grader. You look at the Eagles tape on the run plays. I mean, he was driving people down the field. So we got to see him in option. Larry Borum and Carm, we talked about this before the show. I, I don't think he has the strength for guard, right? And and early on on the goal line, he gets destroyed on on, you know, and and holds and holds the defensive tackle. I don't even he think that was a hold. I just think he got <laughs> right just demolished. Yeah. He he literally low man wins and your highest can be on the goal line. I'm like, come on. That just further shows why he shouldn't play guard. Leatherwood, I truly believe, would have driven that guy towards the back of the end. He is a strong dude, especially in the run game. You have nothing to lose at this point. Why not give him a shot at guard, right? It's, it doesn't look like an option at tackle, just like Tevin Jenkins the year before. Left tackle, now he's a right right guard. Leatherwood, let's give him a shot, right? And then all of a sudden, if you feel good about that, going, going into the offseason, you have an option at guard. And Tevin Jenkins, hopefully if his neck is okay, he's the right guard of the future. So then – you know, we got Braxton Jones as well. So we feel a little bit better about that offensive line in a couple of positions. It, it was a 10 yard penalty for being bad. That's what yeah. that <laughs> that's huge. Like we're, we're, we're on the, we're on the two yard line, one yard line. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're uh, yeah. second, first and goal at the, uh, you know, 11, 12 yard line. Come on. Well, I'm being serious now. I don't think it was a hold. I, I, I agree. I, you watch it. And I don't think he held. I just think he got demolished. And so I thought the touchdown should have, counted but at the same time when you're just grading him for that rep you're going well either it's a hold or as brandon says in the comments he got bulldozed so that's a that's a double minus in my book regardless he's just a bad rep um and certainly point it, it seems like they've been it seems like they've been so high on larry Warren from the beginning of the season you know and i feel like they played him when when he got dominated at times and i i told you from the beginning i thought riley reef should have played day one right i thought he was a better option Keeps, he's, he's a veteran guy that can hold down the right side. You know, early on in his career, he played left tackle, but he's, he's not there. But I thought, you know, in a situation where you're trying to get the best five out there, I thought Riley Reef was that best five at, at right tackle. Well, what was interesting, too, last week is that when they figured out that Borum was, was scuffling along, here comes Dieter Iceland, and, yeah, no, Alex Leatherwood, we're not thinking about you. So maybe they made their decision there. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that that I thought that was interesting too. Um, but Dieter's been in, you know, on the team for a few years now, and maybe they're just trying to get him, you know, reward him with some opportunity yeah, for all the work he does. Yeah, you got to give Leatherwood a shot these last two weeks. Like you have to just to see, you I know, agree. like w what you have there. Because if not, you know, th then we then we have a lot more options that we need to to figure out in the offseason for offensive line. 
All right, let's uh, ch- take a look at the super chat uh, as we get out of here with the Duke. The Duke jumping in 1999. What's there to watch? How about CHGO Cubs to get us ready for next year's postseason push? Sorry, White Sox. You're forever a middling team with a cheap owner. Uh, I don't have Duke- much of a response. Although you can still watch us. We're still going to be here. CHGO Bears, no matter what. Listen, uh, I'm all for CHGO Cubs and CHGO White Sox and CHGO Bulls and CHGO Hawks. But the most exciting thing coming up this offseason is the Chicago Bears. This is like, uh, you know, you want to be here, Duke? Come on. We're this is, we're building an empire. That's what's going on here. By the way, uh, Mary Mary. And if we are doing the Cubs versus Sox thing, I'd still bet on the White Sox having a lot more entertaining season than the Cubs at this point. But we shall see. I, I, th- I think this will be the most exciting free agency we've seen for the Bears in in a while, right? Because there's, there's, there's so many needs that we need to fill. There's a lot of money, a lot of draft picks to be a lot of breakdowns of different players, you know, from defensive end, defensive tackle to the offensive side of the ball, potential scenarios in the draft. Um, you know, Hogan, I told you, there's, there's a guy I've been looking at too, miles Murphy from Clemson, uh, active hands, man, like NFL yeah. ready type of hands. And, you know, I was, I was really high on Will Anderson. Now I'm looking at him like, Hmm, this could be an option. You know, we talked about potentially getting the first overall pick, trading back maybe. So there, there could be some options there because I, I feel good about him. But Jalen Carter, I'm watching more. I was on the, I was on the treadmill, and I'm watching Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. I'm watching uh, Miles Murphy. And I'm thinking, right, I'm thinking about this Tampa 2 and, and, and the matchup. And I think I was high on Will Anderson because I, I think he would be a dynamic playmaker. But I, but I rescind that. I say Jalen Carter. Three Ooh. technique. I do. I do. His his burst off the ball. And, and if you look at the Tampa two, right, a true Tampa two, it's usually the matchup one on one, a three technique against the guard. And especially in the run game, you know, getting that penetration at three technique, it really destroys everything. You talk about that outside zone re, uh, run that we struggle with inside knocks out everything. So I think Jalen Carter, if he's available, I change my mind. I like Will Anderson as well. I'd be happy with him. But I think Jalen Carter. That's the engine that runs us. You look at the years of Will, Tommy Harris, Henry Melton, Warren Sapp, you know, when he was in uh, Tampa, you know, in that dominant defense. Um, so I, I, I got to go Jalen Carter now. I've, I've, cha- I've changed my position. That's awesome. All right. Well, um, yeah, and and like Flu said last week when he was explaining all this, you get that dominant three technique, you're probably going to have a matchup advantage because if they're, if they're putting all their money on the tackle position, then you're probably going to have, uh, you know, the matchup against a guard that you like. Uh, most weeks and and that's that's where the uh, what do you how do you put it the engine that makes everything go exactly and and if, if you look at it real quick so so usually in pass first situations right when we played under lovely marinelli that three technique is usually away from the slide right so that way he's one-on-one on the guard so it's so it's you, it's your time to shine literally like you that's why the three techniques in this scheme could get double digit sacks easy you know if you have a dominant guy so Jalen Carter, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we could pick up him or, or depending on uh, what the situation would be. But I feel really good seeing seeing his tape. I mean, it's, it's very hard to find really good uh, three techniques in, in, in that Tampa too. I mean, let's just hope that you cannot go wrong with whatever they do. The oh, big no, you can't. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those guys. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be great options. No, I, I love you moving to Carter, and I think we should document the days here as we as we get mm-hmm. towards the draft to see just how many you know flips that we can make in between then <laughs> and like who else pops up and who gets it right. We won't know that for many, many years. But to me, like 
biggest home runners. How many assets can you get out of this draft? How much can you spin this pick into? Like we got whatever Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, whoever, and we got this because we were able to move back and we and then let's we're looking for win, win, wins. That's what that's what they need. Clearly, maybe Marcus Davenport and free agency. Ooh, like okay, okay, like yeah. That's interesting. All right. Well, uh, good stuff, Corey. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being here. And we are going to go for the day, but we're, we're pretty much back on a regular schedule. Bears back to a Sunday game this week. Uh, Carmen, I will be back tomorrow at noon with Nicholas Moriano in studio as well as we uh, start to look ahead and maybe have some more clarity too on what the Bears want to do and how they feel about the same conversation about fields and uh, Maddie Eberflus talking to the media here in about 45 minutes, I think, at, at House Hall. So um, there could be some more news today. And at least we'll have a better idea who's healthy, who's not. But a lot to figure out this week. Make sure you hit that like button uh, and are subscribed here on the CSGO channel. Smash the like button. Hit the notification so you know when we go live. Uh, and make sure you check out allchgo.com become a diehard if you're not already we got some special things coming up for you too for all the diehards out there and the conversation continues as always in the discord channel 24 7 all right guys appreciate it we'll see you later and uh we'll talk to you tomorrow at noon